Welcome to the Masters in Motion podcast, where we empower Masters athletes to reach their full potential. Join us as we delve into the world of CrossFit and showcase the strength, resilience, and determination of Masters athletes, because we love this sport. I'm Jason Grubb. I'm here with Rick Stevenson. Rick, how are you doing today? Doing really well for a uh, Saturday evening. Are you still sore one week after quarterfinals? Are you cleared up? I've, I'm now sore from the training. So let's uh, <laughs> let's put it that way. It took me a few days to, to start to feel right, but uh, we jumped back in and uh, got back to work because we know the uh, clock is ticking and there aren't, there aren't, aren't many days left before we start it all up again. Not at all. Speaking of that, I was just talking with a friend today. Like We had a I had a lighter week of training this week. I took Monday, Tuesday off. Wednesday, I did some movement. And I, I realized very quickly on Wednesday that my uh, central nervous system and my brain was not ready to hurt yet. So I, I did try to push the gas pedal a bit. And I got some resistance on it. So I uh, I just, I tried to stay, you know, I don't know, 80, 90 R- or 8 to 9 RPE. Uh, mm-hmm. Thursday, I did some zone two. Yesterday, I went ahead and went full send on a workout. But it still wasn't quite a full training day for me. Today, full send on one workout, a little accessory work. I know that next week, the following week will be full training sessions for me. But it took me a little bit of easing back in the water after this past weekend. Uh, And I feel okay about that, especially knowing that Monday is going to be, you know, right back into the deep end. Uh, How was your week? What was your week like? Uh, I, it was actually, uh, the the longer I sit, sometimes the worse I feel. I don't know if others, others are like that. And I sit for a day job. So I have that tendency. And that's why Monday, I just wanted to move uh, biking and walking Mm. just to, just to get the, the blood flowing a little bit. And then Tuesday was a little bit more movement. And uh, Wednesday, uh, I've worked with coach and we've had a, uh, he's put together a nice plan that uh, takes us right up through to semifinals. So uh, Wednesday was a get back into it. And I think I caught you off guard yesterday when I said I was headed back with it. Yeah. For session two. And uh, I, I think you responded with a couple of question marks or, or things like that. So <laughs> even I was uh, getting back into it to, to uh, I, the, the body feels good where I think, you know, I need to push a little bit. And certainly on days uh, where the work is there in things that I think we might see, um, it, it's it's also the practice of, of just shutting your mind off and, and doing doing what's in front of you at a at a sustainable pace, because that's what it's going to take um, when the camera's rolling uh, for semis. Yeah, yeah, you and you did catch me off guard. It was it was yesterday. You said you were heading in for your second session and I was mustering up the energy to hit my first <laughs> session or to even drive to go do my first session. Um, that doesn't happen very often, that, folks, believe me. No, <laughs> that doesn't happen very often. When I am out of rhythm, uh so my my typical rhythm is, you know, two sessions or one mega session every day. It's, you know, I do and we're going to talk about this later in our podcast here uh, about how to deal with this work-life balance, but I often am trying to build my day around my training, and my work revolves around that, but... Um, you know, when I'm in the zone, I am doing two sessions or that mega session, and it's just a rhythm. There's a rhythm to it. And so when I have a deload week or a week where I'm really recovering, I absolutely, and I know what you're saying, I feel out of sorts. I feel uh, disorganized. Mm-hmm. The busier I am, the more organized I am. The less busy I am, the more chaotic it feels. Things are just not in the flow right now. And that's what this week has been like. So with that, I am looking forward to getting back to normal Monday and... 
uh, and then, I mean, in three weeks, we're going to be right in the middle of this thing again and uh, selling our souls to try to get to the game. Absolutely. Which, with, ex- with excitement. So, news and updates this week. I know we had a big shakeup in the uh, individual uh, category with Ricky Gerard. Right. Uh, jumping, uh, jumping while he was mountain biking, uh, fell on his shoulder. And I think everybody's out there by now has seen the uh, post or listened to him on his YouTube channel. Or there was a pretty long interview on um, Talking Elite Fitness. Uh, you know, he this is who he is, and this will come up with uh, something that you and I want to talk about a little bit later. But um, you know, his coach Justin Cutler was. Obviously a little disappointed, um, but to pull Ricky back from what he enjoys doing, regardless of the time of the season, it's unfortunate. It's a, uh, I think I heard him say it's a full six months, uh, really in that four to six month window is when he'll be cleared if he follows uh, everything and it responds well to treatment. He'll begin to be able to put weight overhead in any uh, serious, any serious amount. So he said it didn't take him long. He was back in the gym working on his legs not long thereafter, but um uh, it certainly knocks them out. And again, like the women's side that had so many uh, familiar names missing this year of the athletes you think will qualify for Madison, uh, suddenly with this unexpected big shakeup on the men's side, uh, it, the men's uh, podium, leaderboard, you name it, could look very different as a result of Ricky's injury. Right. We've got a podium athlete that's out, and I imagine there's uh, individuals chomping at the bit. You've got Jeffrey Adler, who seems so primed for this year uh and then the you know old school solid justin medeiros uh, these aren't old school but we've got the the expected justin medeiros crushing it uh roman kranikov who i get to see training uh multiple times a week uh, over at mayhem he is beyond out of this world strong and disciplined um you know you know velander fakowski uh goodmanson uh, there's that whole top 10 is just you know there's that podium without Ricky is, I think, up for grabs. It, it's very interesting. And I'll, I'll tell you a, a funny thing that I had uh, happen to me maybe two weeks ago on a Monday. It was my first day traveling back to Mayhem. So I'm going to be doing quarterfinals and semifinals uh, in Cookville at Mayhem. Uh, just because it's a familiar place, it's, uh, I'm among friends. Uh, it's, a, it's a great place to, to do these qualifiers. But two weeks ago, you know, I was getting ready to work out. It was maybe one in the afternoon and uh, Rich Droning uh, was walking by. He's like, hey, Jason, I'm going mountain biking. I do this every Tuesday. I guess it was a Tuesday. Every Tuesday I go mountain biking. Uh, he's like, you want to join? I think we've got an extra bike. And I was like, huh, um, that is a tricky question right there. So one, if Rich Froning invites you to do something, you want to say yes it, to everything. Whatever it is, I want to be able to say yes. Um, thankfully, he did not have this said bike available it was loaned out to somebody and he said next time next time we'll we'll get the bike and we can go out and i was like yeah 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 totally um but the reality was is i did not want to go mountain biking uh rich is a an athlete and rich is going to do things that aren't super safe that might be a little bit dangerous uh because he just he is a young guy and he's just gonna go for it he's young he's 35 but he's just gonna go for it um I am not that guy. I'm 47. I've never been mountain biking officially, and I'm a klutz. Like I wear shoes around the house so that I don't break a toe. I I am very careful to not put myself in a position that could take me out. And I I just feel like you know, Rich. I appreciate the invite, man. But me on a mountain bike in Cookville two weeks before quarterfinals not is probably a good idea. Not, not at all, man. The lad, there um, was no bike available. Me too. I me too. I would have had. I would have had to actually 
you'd make a really tough decision, but thankfully there was no bike. And then after the fact, maybe two or three days later, I told him, I was like, man, I'm so glad there wasn't a bike. I, there's just no, I'm just way too clumsy and would definitely hurt myself. Um, so Ricky's out. Uh, I know another part of the news that we've, you and I have been paying attention. I know that um, I check it daily, but the leaderboard for us is definitely still liquid. If for lack of better Correct. words, it is moving and shaking up, right? Um, uh, you've had two scores validated correct. so far. Is that the correct? Yeah. This recording, it's it's two emails received back. Uh, yep. There there have been um, both you and I have seen posts from from other from uh, men that we know in the you know thick of it in different age categories. Say like it's official or I'm cleared uh, on all four. So HQ is certainly moving at different speeds. And I think just because we haven't received emails back um, doesn't mean we won't or doesn't mean that they might find something in our in our videos. But uh, every day, and I um, I have a buddy I go back and forth with now, it's we, we're keeping track of our points because they're they're switching every day. And it's not scores that they're changing on us. It's just the the shifting of the leaderboard around us. And we're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Or, uh, you know, and then you have to go roll back and go, okay, who moved where? That That's the, unless you take a screenshot every day, it's very hard to keep track of. And I... And, I, and I'm the same way. I'm looking, I've got 40 points, I've got 42 points, I've got 37 points right now. Um, there is, there's definitely movement happening. And, and yeah, like you said, there've been, um, you know, I actually, uh, a friend of mine uh, sent me an email today that he received uh, a slight adjustment on one of the first two workouts just within the last day. And I know you and I had had those workouts cleared earlier in the week. So there is, there is, um, from the outside, uh, there's no predicting when this is really uh, going to be done until the deadline, which is right. April 14th. Is that next That's Friday? Next is that Friday. correct? Yep. Yep. Uh, it's nerve wracking. I'll tell you, there's some um, uh, those those individuals, males and females that are hanging out around the cut line. You know, I know they've just got to be sitting on pins and needles every day as you know, they might bounce down to 20, 29. They might bounce up to 31. Um, you know, it's um, to be expected uh, to get allow enough time for video review. And I would say that I appreciate the fact that the leaderboard is moving. I appreciate the fact that videos are being seen. Um, you know, I know that uh, th there's been athletes in my category that, you know, they, they actually had some no reps when they didn't touch the pad on their GHD. And that shows me some meticulous viewing of these workouts. I mean, it's, it's hard to, to go through this many individuals, this many AMRAPs, this many, who knows how many shuttle runs, if they're actually going to be able to count that but to actually have eyeballs on that catching those little things mm -hmm. i know that for me on my first set of ghd sit-ups i forgot to touch the pads so i had to do 10 uh my judge uh, you know told me he was like hey you know, no rep and i was already on the second rep so i just i started my reps on my second rep and three or four rounds later i forgot to touch the pads again um and i did 10 and even with that you know it was blatant that i didn't touch the pads but I ended up doing 10, which tells me that, I mean, I had that workout cleared. HQ is watching that and probably counting to make sure that on the set that I missed, I actually did 10 reps, not just nine, right. which is which is wild. I mean, I, I appreciate that level of, um, uh, of uh, scrutiny. I don't know. Scrutiny yeah, is the right yeah. word. Right. I, yeah. I, it's just, it, it's very difficult. And I think when we talked to Adrian uh, uh, a while back and our desire, obviously all all folks would like to compete in person, but it's, it's, it, it's tough because in a live competition, if a judge gives you a no rep for say squat depth, you can make that adjustment in real time. Yes. And now 
you've done the work, you've submitted the video, and you hope that your judge that you have in real time at your affiliate is holding you to those standards. But it, you know, the individuals and their pages and pages of infractions shows that maybe uh, the judges weren't all doing that. But mm. sometimes it's almost mm. too late. You've you've done the work, you've submitted it, and then you get knocked so far back that there's no coming back from. Where in a in a live competition, those kind of adjustments, as I said, could be made on the fly. And I just think that's the beneficial part of, of live competition. And I think everybody likes to be live as opposed to, you know, virtual. Yeah. And a piece of advice based on that. I know that uh, historically I've had a lot of control over this the uh, environment around my qualifier. It's been in my gym with a judge I'm familiar with. uh, And that has, we've always been very clear about the communication with me and my judge uh, that if I, if I have a no rep, I need them to call it. Like it is, it is, there's absolutely no benefit to me in any way for them to give me a rep that they don't think is a rep, you know, on the wall balls last year during semi finals we had to throw to an 11 foot target and i know i know repped a few of those and and i got no reps in person so i did instead of the requisite 25 i probably did 20 28 or 29 maybe right. even 30 wall yep. balls on the first set uh because of the nerves but uh my my judge was accurate um the quarterfinals last year you know my my judge was was dead on it on my toes to bar i think we had toes to bar and dumbbell snatch i didn't touch my toes on one of the toes to bar one of my toes didn't touch and there's no way the camera could even maybe see that and he gave me the no rep and uh i think regardless of the environment that we're in there has to be a, a, a communication with your judge and almost an encouragement to your judge no one wants to give a friend a no rep or no one wants to give anyone a no but if, if you are judging someone for a quarterfinal or a semifinal or you're asking someone to judge you just tell them just if you see it if i don't step across that line if i'm not standing up fully if i don't touch my toes of the bar if my chest doesn't touch if i'm not locked out give me the no rep so i can correct the movement in person but i think that really has to be like you know one i know that i'm always so appreciative of somebody taking their time out to judge me that i don't want to be a burden to them so so really just thank you so much for counting but that's not their job their job isn't to count they didn't take the judges course to count our reps they they took the judges course to uh, give us good and holds you to the standards yeah. that are laid out there yeah i mean and you yeah. hope that it's not such a fragile relationship uh that somebody no reps you and then that causes a you know a, a rift between you and, and and the judge that's not what this is about yeah. yes it's a sport yes yeah. yes uh, you know ourselves and the, the men and women in the masters take this seriously if you're competing at this level um you do it out of out of because you enjoy it uh but it shouldn't come down to where the judge is afraid to say something because they're afraid of 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 upsetting you where it's competition and you need to, you need that in order to become better. It's, it's yes, pretty, pretty plain and 100%. simple. Yep. I mean, I think every time new workouts are released, the video of uh, Dan Bailey and Pat Sherwood doing bro reps, oh. that should be released every time. Yeah. Everyone should have to watch that as part of the judges course. Cause it's one of the best parody videos uh, of all time. Those are, those are beautiful reps, but those aren't power cleans. Um, uh, Danny Broflex? Yeah, yeah, it was Danny, Danny Broflex. Broflex. That's what oh, it was. Yeah. God, <laughs> they need to roll those back up. It was so good. And it would it'd be really good if they did some remakes because we're like 10 years oh, down the absolutely. road. And those guys are 10 years older. Um, <laughs> Pat and his and, understated way of, yeah, those aren't power clips. What are you doing? So right? understated. <laughs> and I, I am... 
I'll tell you what's what's fun at at uh, at Mayhem at the end of the month when we do semifinals. I think Dan Bailey is coming to town, so that that will be a uh, that'll be a horse for me to chase. I heard that. Uh, from that's Rich. that'll be a good yeah, one. Yeah, on a He's yep. trying to get uh, yep. Dan and uh, Easy Muhammad back. He said, "Bring the band back yep. together." Yeah. I mean that'd be amazing, and they're still. They're, I mean, they're ten years younger than me, so it's not a. They're not. They're not the best horses to chase because they're they're a little too fast. But um, you know, if Dan takes it easy, I'll just you know, Dan, go like eighty percent, bro, and uh, I, we'll see if we can. I bet you he doesn't have that motor, that gear in his <laughs> in his repertoire. Let's we'll see. I I don't know, man. Those guys are such. They're such legends. Yep. Um, well, uh, the the thought. Uh, or the topic of today's podcast that you, that you and I were brainstorming as we were thinking about um, you know getting through quarterfinals, and I know that you have a uh, you have some things coming up this week. Um, I'm working through you know I've got lots of different irons in the fire all at one time, working on a dozen things. It made us sort of think about this important topic for masters athletes in particular. And I know that I get this question all the time: How do we balance training with the demands of life? You know, um, how do we prioritize? And, and make those types of decisions with uh, our family, our family obligations, our work and those obligations, as well as our training, which if we're aiming to be high level competitors is a huge time, you know, time management issue right there. You know, how do we stay consistent with training while balancing and juggling all of these uh, managing family work and a social life, which I don't even know what that is. But um, I just want to open that up for our discussion, because I think it's um, you and I come from very different occupations. I thought right. it would be fun to share how each one of us manages training. We're both games athletes. We've both been to, we've both been there. We've both stood on the podium, uh, but we come from very different stages of life and stages of work. So let's share how we manage this. So I'm going to toss it to you. Okay. Um, tell us about, you know, Rick, I'm not sure if everyone knows kind of like, you know, what you do, what your, what your background is that you, that I know all about what you do for work, but um, share with us a bit about how you manage this. Sure. Um, I, I think the way you and I, kind of uh, had some ideas that we tossed around to to start um, one of the first you know topics that we wanted to talk about was was time management um, and prioritization mm-hmm. and I and I'll, I'll back up by saying yes I've worked for um, a, a bank uh, an investment manager before that uh, in fixed income side for a, a number of years that's my career uh, that's what I've done um, it the Stresses of the great financial crisis back in 2008, 2009 actually led me um, uh, back into the gym more than I had been uh, prior to that. And thanks to two buddies that uh, were, were experimenting with CrossFit, that's they introduced me to that, to the sport. So, you know, that ultimately that this sport of mine has become the biggest balancer in my life to take the stresses of work, um, shut those off and and compete and, and enjoy the, the, the fitness journey. But I found dialing it back here to your, your first uh, point that we wanted to discuss was as I've become more competitive over the last five or six years, uh, I work best with having uh, a setting a goal, having a goal out in front of me, whether it's a qualifier or a competition, um, and then looking at that in the future and and pulling it back to what do I have to do between today and said date three months in the future. 
Um, I don't, I'm just, it's, it's not how I'm wired, uh, where I just won't roll from month to month, just kind of aimlessly through, um, you know, training or just fitness for, for fun. Even though I said I need to do that all the time. Um, I am pretty goal oriented. And so this, this career that I have is, uh, you, you call it a nine to five. It's, you know, it's, uh, um, up until the pandemic, it was always in the office. Uh, there's a little bit more work-life balance now, a little more flexibility that I have. Uh, but still there's, there's office required time and you can't just, uh, uh, jump from the office into the gym. It just doesn't work that way. It never did before. So I, uh, I don't want to get too far ahead of what you and I want to talk about, but I'll leave this with you in that in my career now, um, I have to have goals and I have to set those goals Mm -hmm. and work with the people around me, the family, um, my coach and folks at the gym to set, uh, uh, checkpoints and check-ins along the way. Yeah. I have had a, uh, slightly, I mean, I've I've had a different path and I know that there's a lot of masters athletes that, uh, own their gyms. You know, that's, that's something that, uh, is, you know, a, a, uh, probably a, a decent percentage, a decent percentage as in probably 10% of um, the, the top level masters athletes also run the gym. Um, I would say maybe that's a fair number. That is a guess. Uh, but I, I see a lot of them. But I think that was my background uh, as well. I was a when I started CrossFit, I was a wedding photographer and had, uh, you know, my own flexibility. If I were to shoot 15 weddings a year, that was a busy year. Uh, and that allowed for, you know, some flexibility around being a CrossFitter. And that was just a one class a day type situation at the time. And I was so excited about CrossFit that I decided to open a gym as an exit from wedding photography. And all of a sudden I had my own gym and that was really exciting. So I could train whenever I wanted to, when I wasn't coaching classes at 5am, 6am, 9am, noon, 4pm or 5pm. And that was, that was a good year of my life right there. When I opened my gym training and doing everything in 2015, uh, and then in 2016, I started building a team. By 2017, I was coaching a handful of classes, but I was still op- owner operating a gym. And um, it was it's interesting when you own and operate a gym, it's like you think you could just go train whenever you want, but that's not really how it goes. It is the hardest job on the, well, this is a, it's a stretch. It's not the hardest job. It's the hardest job I've ever had, owning and operating a gym. And by 2018, when I qualified for the games, I wasn't teaching classes but I was still running a gym, but I was probably training three hours a day in one to two sessions and was uh, balancing that with running the gym. Um, and, uh, you know, being a father at the time of, of two older kids and one, eventually two younger kids that are separated by just over, over 10 years. Um, so really interesting balance there. But I have since then, and I ended up selling my gym in 2019 and moving into the online space, which, uh, at least took me out of the need to be at a gym at any given time or those types of obligations, but I still have plenty of tasks to do every day. I can, however, orient my life around my training. So if I want to train from 9 a.m. till noon and then maybe 5 p.m. till 6.30 p.m., I can do that if I want to because I can build the rest of the things I need to do in my business around that. I don't schedule specific times or meetings at any given times in case I decide. And this is very different. I'm not as regimented. If I want to train from 11 until 1 in the afternoon and then 3 till 4.30 in the afternoon, I can do that too because I can work in the morning, work a little bit in the afternoon, 
afternoon work a little bit in the evening so i build a lot of my my work time around my gym schedule which is very different than uh, you know your work schedule has a lot of uh influence on when you train um so it's 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 different i think i don't know if it's less stressful uh because what needs to get done in a day needs to get done in a day and as an entrepreneur i go to bed thinking about this i wake up thinking about this there's never a moment i'm not thinking about my business even though i am getting to train whenever i want to yeah and and again we are just we ourselves are 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 very different from each other and that doesn't even take into account all the other careers and professions out there because by and large yes. the majority of the masters community you know i'd say easily the majority are still working and not not yes. fully retired or anything like that. So you, you're all, you, and, and, you know, first responders or, um, you know, uh, I'm not even going to think of a million other professions right now that don't have typical hours. How do you find time to right. train? When do you find time to train? And, you know, you still find a way to make it work if you want to be um, uh, competitive in the sport and, and compete at a higher level. Uh, it certainly takes more than just an hour a day. Well, and skipping to the, the, the question we have, we have two sort of ideas to, to touch on here. Uh, one, staying consistent in training while life is going on. But I think the next question we go to, and then we'll come back for staying consistent is how do you, I know you have, you have older kids, mm-hmm. but they're not all out of the no. house. And and I know you're very active, even with your kids that are in college. So how do you manage family, vacation, uh, work training, and a, and a social life or a life with your spouse? What's that it, look like? Uh, uh, when, when we talked about this, I think one of the things that uh, really came up was uh, finding that balance of where you are in, in the point of the season that you're in. I think mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, you know, I think the perfect time would be oh, everybody get away in the the late summer before everything kind of uh, kicks into gear again in the fall. But that doesn't always work with you know high school schedules and what's going on uh, with school and who has to be where. Um, but uh, you know, I I look at it that as long as I'm consistent, uh, whether we're out of town. Um, whether we're in town and I'm healthy and I can still make time to fit training um, sessions in or it's one or two, depending on, you know, what I'm trying to get accomplished uh, during it, this, you know, during this point, say for in the season, um, the consistency is the, uh, is the biggest thing. I go crazy if I don't uh, get to the gym or a gym or work out or do something. Uh, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Um, it's not easy to just sit around all day and do nothing. Uh, and now I'm already sitting for my, for my job. So you compound that without doing something else, uh, you know, it drives, drives you nuts after a while. Um, but it, it, again, it's, it's the, where are you in the point of the season? And I've been fortunate mm-hmm. that if we are going to get away for, uh, for a small vacation or something like that, um, does it mean that I need to look for an affiliate where we're going uh, I've done, luckily I haven't had to do any type of, uh, AGOQ or qualifier type workouts, um, at other gyms, but I've done my share of open workouts at other gyms around, uh, different States just because of when we traveled and, and, uh, you know, that's a vastly different, very different time uh, in the career. But, you know, I, I, if it means having to make the, uh, overture to, to train somewhere else and it's important, um, I'll do that. And, Luckily, the family's been very understanding. And again, as the kids are older, they don't need you to be around um, every minute of the day. So you can you can find that time uh, even away from home uh, to get some work done. If I rewind this to when they were much, much younger, it was a much 
bigger balancing act. Um, uh, just trying to fit it all in, and and you're away from the uh, from the home for a vacation, and that's that's family time. So does it really mm-hmm. benefit the family if oh dad has to go you know go to the gym and train? So it, it, it's a it's a delicate balance, but you you if you have that relationship with your family, you're able to to accomplish kind of both both goals. Um, you know, I, I'll consider yourself lucky. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I think about that. Um, I, th- I think uh, currently where I'm at, I think about having kind of a, an emotional bank account, right. And that, uh, there are times when I'm making big withdrawals from the family emotional bank account where, you know, I might be two or three days where I'm very busy in my work, uh, very busy in training. Sometimes those, those collide. And it makes for some really long, challenging days. And uh, yeah, I could I could skip training to spend more time with my family on those days when work is uh, a bit more demanding, or I've, I've set deadlines for myself. Uh, but oftentimes, I, I'm I'm imbalanced, and I will make big withdrawals from that emotional bank account that my nine year old, six year old, my wife have. Um, and I, I do try to pay attention to those withdrawals. I also try to be intentional about making deposits. Uh, so it's really interesting with a nine and a six-year-old and living in an RV, traveling full-time, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, but they're two boys, and these two boys, all they want is to go fishing with me for an hour in the afternoon or two hours. Or you know, all they want is to go to the bouncy pads that they have at these RV spots that we stay at. They're, they're quite fun and quite dangerous. And you can be incredibly playful, violent with children on these things. It's uh, all they, all these boys want to do is just play as hard as they can. And I give them a good workout. I, I mean, I'm, I, it's a good zone two training for me when I'm bouncing on these bouncy pads, throwing nine-year-olds as hard as I can, uh, and sometimes throwing six-year-olds at nine-year-olds. It's it's great. If, if we don't come home with concussions, we did something wrong. Um, That's balancing. But... <laughs> That's balancing. And it's just making those little deposits It with kids. They don't need, I mean, they need a lot of my attention. And we have some, we have some times around Christmas time, we took a, a good amount of time and we did some, um, you know, Universal Studios, we did big, big days in there. But in an everyday life, you know, a, a good hour of deposit and playfulness with the kids, uh, it goes a long way. Uh, and, you know, a consistent date night is something that we do. And it, you know, we actually did that before we jumped on the podcast here. So uh, I'll say that tonight I had, uh, I had garlic bread and pizza for dinner. And uh, well, that was dinner number one. Dinner number two is a pound of ground beef a little bit later. But um, I, you know, it was, it's, it's Saturday and it was something we plan to do. I think that's important to make those, those deposits on a consistent basis that you just don't miss those because there will be times like a semifinals weekend or a quarterfinals weekend where you make a significant withdrawal from that account where you are so in, in, engulfed um, and completely focused on a task like a yep, qualifier the blinders that are on. you're, you're, yeah, you're making a big withdrawal right there. And it's, this is not, you're not in this case, this sounds like a big, my family is generally happy to be a part of that process with me, but it is not, uh, it's not time together, <laughs> you know, like, uh, like, like, you know, playing a board game together is time together, but it is, it is taking a little bit of withdrawal. The, the bank account starts to, uh, you know, starts to, starts to decrease. And so we, we've got a plan for that time to rebuild that account. You know, I'll, I'll say this, that last year after the games, which is a very intense process, we worked our way towards, uh, the outer banks of North Carolina, and spent a month on the beach, uh, you know, being able to go out and boogie board in the waves every day. That was a big deposit time because training for the games is a huge withdrawal time. So there are these seasons where um, it's very much 
imbalanced. And then maybe the next season is way more imbalanced in the other direction. So I think that's that's part of the compromise and part of the challenge that we're working on together uh, with our families, right? And it's just, it's it's not easy. But it's something as, as, the, uh, as the months go by and it feels like these things, these deadlines or these goals come at you faster and faster, uh, you're really kind of making these decisions um, in real time, trying to keep the big picture in mind, like you said, uh, you know, as in, to use your words about managing that 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 the bank account um, in your head, um, looking at it as as a as a one year, you know, how has this last year been? And uh, I, I think if you're a goal setter, you'll look back on the the past year and say, okay, what do I you know what do I want to accomplish you know for this next year or these next this next season, if you will, uh, with regards to the sport. Well, and it's funny that we talk about goal setting and. Um... You know, I, it's funny the way our, our brains, even yours and mine, are so similar in some ways and so different. In my mind, I definitely, in my mind, I'm setting goals. But but the goal is, I have to hold my goal loosely because it's ridiculous. I just want to win. I just I just want to win. I don't have a, I can't, I can't fathom a goal, a different goal right now. Um, and I have to be realistic that I'm in the middle of my age category and it's getting really tough. And these guys are really, really good. Um, and so there's this... A smaller goal of like just I just got to get to semifinals healthy, and I've just got to get through that. Uh, you know, on in the top ten, but ideally with some confidence going into the games. If I get to the games this year, I always season it with you know, if I don't make it, how will this year look as well? I right. I I see I I'm, I'm thinking through all of the scenarios. Um, always looking for the silver lining. If for some reason semifinals come and I don't make it, I have a story to tell in there too that has hopefully a silver lining. As much as a silver lining of I qualify and I get to compete in person at the games again. That would be great. But it's a uh, uh, it's it's a relentless, deep desire to just keep pushing. Correct. Maybe that's why I started yep. a little bit uh, earlier this week than you did. <laughs> <laughs> I've got so more points to make how, than you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, it, quarterfinals is cute, but it doesn't mean anything Correct. until where it's, it all resets. Yeah, it, it, it lasts for a day. Yeah, we, we talked about that with a number of uh, men and women that I keep in touch with. Uh, the reset um, is good and bad. I mean, it's certainly helpful. Uh, each time, but uh, we've all been through yes. those AGOQs where uh, there there was no reset from the open, and that was such a large determinant of uh, of your path for- so much. of your path forward. Oh, it was the worst. Yep. yep. So, uh, Rick, I guess the question is, you know, year after year, you've been doing this uh, for even longer than me. Uh, what what keeps you consistent um, in your training, or, or if you were to, to share some tips to stay consistent, is it the goal setting, or is there some other secret sauce that helps you stay consistent in your training? It depends uh, how much we want to reveal. No, no, I'm just kidding. There's no <laughs> secret sauce. Look, I, is, um, health, health is health is such a big um, uh, big priority, and as long as the body's cooperating to to a great degree, uh, and you can. Uh, you have a little bit of success early on, and maybe that's at a, uh, a, a local competition or um, something maybe yeah. kind of regional in your area, drive a state over, and it's a one-day uh, competition where you, maybe you're even on a team, and, and you just get that. You don't have to win, but you just you get on that. Uh, it gives you that little little taste of success to say, oh, yeah, we can do this. And if the body cooperates – um, I, I just want to plot it out each day, like what I, I do want to accomplish something every day. And then at the end, I want to feel like each of those um, little contributions have added up to something bigger. Um, and, and now that we have not just the game season, but um, 
you know, I had a goal. I'd never competed at Wadapalooza up until a couple of years ago. I mean, it was something mm-hmm. I'd knocked on a door for quite a few years. And, uh, you know, when that qualifier came out back then, um, it was something that I, I was able to qualify for and then have a, you know, reasonably successful minus COVID uh, weekend uh, down in Miami. But um, it, it, it it's not just all the games. It's, it's whatever, you know, maybe other competition. I've always wanted to do a a higher end masters team competition. And I was able to, uh, to do that this past year. And I, I enjoyed that experience tremendously. And I, in fact, I wish we had more masters team competitions, um, at those higher levels, uh, because I think, uh, more masters, uh, see the value in that. But again, for me, it's each day's contribution and what does that add up to? And so I, I don't think that's any secret sauce. It's it's staying healthy through that. And as long as I don't miss a step and break another bone in my foot like last year, you know, <laughs> I'll be good. Yeah. But I'm also not hopping on a mountain bike. I'll tell you that much. I'll, I'll ride around <laughs> the neighborhood. Put ourselves... I'm not. I'm not hopping on a mountain bike right now. I I, I agree, and I, I think about I think about can, being consistent, and that there is a there is a there's a drive to stay healthy, to stay fit. I mean, I think for both of us, there's that that a bit of anxiety that that comes if we don't move our body, if we don't get sweaty uh, on a given day. I know that I my RPMs run really high uh, in general, and by Getting a good training session in, I feel so much better afterwards. It's it's calming. It helps me focus on everything else that I'm doing if I get a good training session in. Um, I, it's been like that for years. I can remember, and you're around the folks down there at Mayhem right now, but uh, in that original Froning 4 movie, uh, they were interviewing Rich's wife, Hillary. And uh, she came right out and said, oh, Rich, you don't want to be around him if he hasn't worked out. And that just always stuck with me. I'm like, oh, so somebody else is just as crazy about this, uh, you know, as as we all are. I mean, it just it puts you in such a better frame of mind. And I think um, Mm -hmm. when I pop my head into um, the other side of our affiliate with the other members and and they're working hard and they they have that one hour of the day that's theirs, uh, they're with their friends. Um, they get a great workout in and that just sets their mm-hmm. day up for success if they're a morning athlete or it caps it yeah. if they're hitting a 430 class or a 530 class in the afternoon. Um, that's they're finishing their day on a high note. And and I think that that yep. is the uh, that's the secret sauce to our community as a whole. Um, it just really puts you in a good frame of mind. And that's the whole point of this. It, it really does. And I, I think there's that community aspect that, that getting sweaty with other people, that's such a big part of it. Uh, and I, in my mind, I was trying to contrast that with when I train alone, do I still feel that? And, and I really do. I, I do a very good amount of training solo. Um, and I still, I still know that I feel that like, um, that carnal sense that I'm accomplishing something that I'm doing hard work that I'm, uh, it's almost like uh, this is a, this is a very masculine, maybe this is masculine. I don't, I just remember when I, before CrossFit and I would put in a really solid day of yard work, man, I'd be just beat up and tired. I'd crap, crack open a cold one and sit on the back deck and, and look at the work that I had accomplished that day. And there was a reward in the work, right? The, the work itself was rewarding. And I think about, yeah, it happens with CrossFit. It happens in my training, whether I'm solo or whether I'm with others, which is more enjoyable. But even if I'm solo, I get done with the day. I look at the whiteboard. I've done everything that I wrote on it. And I think, but you know, my work is done and my body feels it. I'm, I'm worn out. 
I'm beat up. I did hard things. I pushed myself. I need a shower. I need all the food. Um, and that is a really uh, gratifying experience. And I think that's uh, I think that's something that human beings, men and women, do crave a sense of accomplishment. And if we can do that on a daily basis, uh, it's 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 just so good for us physically, mentally. Um, probably spiritually, you know, just, I think it makes us better at everything else that we do in life. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily have to be working out as we know, it's, you know, playing golf, uh, oh. going skiing, going for a hike, yep. um, yep. pick yep. up basketball in the neighborhood. I mean, it just doesn't matter what it is. Although I'm not, I'm not no. doing pick up basketball right now either. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm terrible at all. Not, the other on, things. not on my knees right now. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I know, right. It's, it's the uh, two weeks before semifinals. I'm not throwing footballs. I'm not, uh-uh. Uh, playing dodgeball with my kids and and I'm going to be a little more careful on the bouncy uh, thing because I don't want to uh, put myself at risk uh, you know at least just until we punch a ticket to the games then then we can get crazy with it but um, well Rick this was this was fun I think I think it's important for masters athletes to share about how how we all balance our work life everyone has their own unique story um, and you know hats off to every single one of our listeners and and those that are in the masters community who build time into their life to do this stuff. Um, one, because they love it. Two, it's good for them, but it's it's not easy. It's If it was easy, you know, if it was easy, everyone would do it or no one would do it. I think the challenge, I think just the fact that it's a challenge set forth every day, how am I going to get this day through this day and figure this out? Um, I love that. I love that. And it's, it's super motivating. It, 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 um, we, we do it because we, we love it and we're not professionals at mm-hmm. it. And that's why... <laughs> I think those questions to Adrian were that way. And I, th- I know the community as a whole keeps screaming, you know, a hey, masters are more than 50% of, for example, those yeah. that signed up for the open, the entire population signed up yep. for the open. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be just more spots at the games. It could be more spots at semifinals or something like that. Just because mm-hmm. it's virtual, what doesn't matter if it's 50 yep. or you yep. know, whatever. Just listen to the Masters community because we are mm-hmm. doing it as non-professionals because we love it. So I think that's a big takeaway. We love it. Keep wanting the hammer CrossFit to let them know, you know, what our voices are. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we'll we dig into more of right. that, some of those numbers, because I think there's some fun fodder right. there. Uh, with this in mind, I have I have a pick of the week that I'll start with, and that may, or, they may allow you to brainstorm mm-hmm. a pick of the week, or I you may already it. have one. Um, okay, good. My pick of the week is, uh, it's, a, it's an attachment to my ice barrel. All right. So uh, the company Ice Barrel sent me a barrel six months ago, last summer. And I thought, man, how am I going to carry this around in my RV? It actually turns out to be incredibly usable for me. It's when I empty it, I can pick it up, put it in my RV. It, it travels with me. It's, it's actually very helpful. But I do love cold plunges in the mornings. And if you followed my journey on this cold plunge, I'm on, yeah, I'm on month five. I think I've missed maybe one or two days where I haven't physically been able to get into the ice barrel. But I've always struggled with keeping that water cold, whether it was when I was in Cookville, when I was really getting into it, the cold temperatures at night kept the water very cold. So I was getting into some pretty cold water. And then as we traveled to Orlando and through Florida, the ambient temperatures uh, were not conducive for keeping the water cold. So I had to buy a freezer, freeze water every day. I just knew there had to be a better solution. And uh, someone recommended Penguin Coolers, which is an external industrial uh, water cooler that attaches a hose to the drain in the 
in the ice barrel, runs through this cooler that's plugged into just a regular outlet, and then it outputs cold water uh, up through a filter over the edge into the top of the barrel. So it creates this nice system to keep the water cold. And uh, I, I reached out to them, and they, they sent me a unit to test out, and... Um, they were so generous. I mean, honestly, they gave me the unit to test out, and I was going to document it on uh, my YouTube channel, and I plugged it in, and I was so excited that I couldn't wait to see this thing work. I got it during the open when we were in New Orleans, and it was just going to make the water cold. And, you know, I let that water run overnight, woke up the next morning, the water had not dropped one degree. And I was like, oh, no, how... This is not good. I can't wreck it. This is not good. So I, you know, I, I, I thought, oh, I'll just wait one more day. We'll see if it gets cold. It didn't change temperatures at all. Super concerned. And, uh, you know, so after a couple of weeks of just troubleshooting, trying to figure out, the company said, you know, it sounds like the cooler's not working. And so they sent me a new one. I, and I just wanted to share that whole story because I really thought that this solution was just how am I going to recommend? This is a really nice device, and I can't recommend it. They sent me a new unit. The old unit was was just not working. Something something happened in shipping, so it was not working properly. The new unit, within an hour, it dropped the water temperature 10 degrees. Now, I keep that water set at 45 degrees, rain, shine, uh, warm temperatures, cold. At 45 degrees, it holds that temperature, and it is amazing. So uh, if you are uh, an ice barrel user and – or I mean, there's multiple, this this company has multiple coolers, but if you're an ice barrel user and you've been struggling to try to keep that water cold, whether you're buying bags of ice, I was freezing about 50 pounds of ice every day in order to keep this water cool. Uh, Penguin Coolers is the place to go, and I'll have a link in the show notes for you for this exact cooler. It is the most amazing thing uh, of the week by far. I'll just say that, of the week. Maybe even other month. That's great. It's fantastic to hear because we're we're coming out of the season where we didn't need here in Ohio any uh, uh, anything <laughs> to keep the uh, water temperature uh, colder than it already was. In fact, many a mornings that the early crew uh, would go out there and have to break the ice up uh, in order to to get into the ice barrels that we have at our affiliate. So. Yeah, uh, but we're we're heading, you know, turning the corner here in April, and it's going to get warmer. So uh, that's something maybe uh, we can investigate there. So I'm glad you found one that worked, and uh, it's amazing. It's the, unbelievable. The uh, lemon that they sent you yep. the first time. Um, yeah, I sent it yeah, back. It's let, yep. the, let their engineer tear it apart and go figure out what was wrong. <laughs> with it. Um, my tip of the week is is something that I have not purchased yet, but I'm really curious if anybody out there has. Um, I have uh, for those that know me and our affiliate, I have probably the oldest uh, weight vest that was, that's man, been manufactured in, in the CrossFit space. Um, I still, uh, has the individual sandbags on it. It looks like it's 20 years old. Damn near is, it's not really 20 years old, but it's old. Um, I've been looking at, um, new weight vests. I've never, uh, jumped into the 511 tactical vests that so that are so popular. Um, but was investigating that, uh, rogue plate carrier that they have. Um, mm. uh, it's on their site and it is, uh, you know, designed by Dave Castro, something like that. And all the uh, better fitting, less uh, irritation around arms and sides, they say, than some of the others. Um, it is, uh, it looks interesting enough that, you know, coming into Murph season, uh, last year didn't do Murph because semifinals was, was, uh, it was the week mm-hmm. before semifinals. And it's not going to do that to myself, but I need to do Murph this year. Um, I'm interested in it enough that I think I'm going to uh, order one and order the plates. But I'm curious if uh, somebody does have one from Rogue, uh, what their thoughts are uh, to it. Because I can read all the reviews, but um, from a listener, that, that carries a lot of weight as well. 
So it, I don't own it yet, but I'm getting close. So that'll be my, that's my tip of the week or question of the week. Man, I've had, I've had a couple of, I've had a couple of weight vests over the years. And, uh, the one I currently have is, uh, from bear complex, but the, but the one I currently have is only 14 pounds. It's incredibly comfortable, but it's only 14 pounds. So, uh, I can't say anything about it because it's not, uh, to scale or to RX for, for men, uh, but it's quite comfortable. Uh, but man, I, I love a good weight vest. So I, I'm curious to see uh, the feedback that you get as well, because I, believe it or not, I still have leftover money from the Rogue gift card from the games this year, and I don't have a 20-pound weight vest. And again, I agree with you. I will be doing Memorial Day Murph. Uh, I didn't do it last year, you were busy. and that it's going to be on the top of this. We were busy. Yeah, we were quite busy. So uh, I had just finished semifinals uh, on the Sunday, and the next day was Memorial Day Murph. So I took the day off. I'm not doing that. It's crazy. <laughs> So, well, Rick, thank you uh, for that recommendation. And I can't wait to hear the feedback that you get on that. Yep. Excellent. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in to the Masters in Motion podcast. If you found this episode helpful, we'd be so grateful if you could take a moment to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast app. Your support helps us reach more listeners and grow our Masters community. Until next time, get bolder, not older.